Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Soda Pop Podcast. I am your host, Kaya Williams, and I am here with a very special guest. Hi. Say hi, Jill. Hi. <laughs> I am here with Jill. She is a scenic design major. Uh, just design tech. Just design tech here at UNA, and we're going to talk about scenic design and crafting and just how to be Jill, which <laughs> is so much fun and super cool. Um, so we're going to talk about that in a second. First, we're going to do um, a fresh squeeze and talk about new music. So today... We have from the brand of old time that I've been doing for like the past three weeks now because this is the only brand of lemonade I have not drunk in all of. Um, we're doing the Caribbean blend raspberry lemonade oh. ASMR. Raspberry lemonade is so good. Raspberry and is it strawberry? I think pink lemonade is raspberry. Is it raspberry or strawberry? It's just pink. It's just regular strawberry though. Wow, <gasps> that's, that's not bad. Hold that, on. No, that's actually amazing. I forgot to shake it. Hold on. That's on me. Whoa. It's not too zesty. I'm not like. mad at it. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not like, because lemonade usually punches you in the face. Mm -hmm. But the raspberry, I think, like, calms it out. It really does. This isn't bad. This is what pirates be drinking? <laughs> I'll be a pirate. I'm, I'm loving this one. I'm not going to lie. I would drink this one again. For a raspberry lemonade? Because it's hard to find a good raspberry lemonade. It really is. It really is. Wow, that's really good. I'm really. Surprised. I'm giving this one like a seven out of ten. I give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, no. I don't. I love lemonade. Lemonade's one of my favorite drinks. Same. I just like regular lemonade. I don't like adding a lot of stuff to it, but this one's really good. That's a good one. I'm. Wow. They came out with this one. That one's really good. <laughs> I'm giving that one a seven out of ten. You know, Caribbean. If you wanted to sponsor us, but no, so it's old time. Old, old time, time Caribbean blend. If you wanted to sponsor this podcast, I am not stopping you. You make pretty good lemonades. I think I've only had one lemonade from you guys that I have not liked. And even then, we could work together. <laughs> we could still, we could figure it out. We can figure it out. We can fix it, you know? It's just, it's good. I got it from the Chevron next to the uh, station, the stadium. Okay, yeah. If you wanted to get some. I don't know where else. Ooh. I've never seen them anywhere else. Me, I've never, yeah, I've never seen this before, but so. I like it. Really yeah. good. I also just love, I love raspberry though. Raspberry is such a fun flavor. It really is. Such a fun fruit. Um, what music have you been listening to? Oh, geez. Let me see. Let me get on my YouTube real quick because I use, I'm sad. I use YouTube music instead of No, YouTube <laughs> music is good. I'm not going to lie. It's I, just. I, I pay for premium so I don't have to listen to ads. Yeah. Um, but let me see. That's going to be like once, if, if Spotify's prices get too high, I'm just going to pay for YouTube uh, premium and then use YouTube music. I've been listening to a lot of musicals, but I think the main one is The Weeknd. I've really been into The Weeknd and Tate, Tate McRae, I think her name is. Yes. I, there's a song called Lie to Me by her that I've been listening to on repeat back to back to back that I just, I love the song so much. It's so much fun. Um, and then I think another one is like, uh, the devil I know, which is from a music video that I watched. It was a dancing music video that they had the song as a background. And I was like, I need this song. Yes. So I've been listening to that song. I don't know who it's by though. Let me see. You're so good. Why you do that? Um, I've been listening to a lot of Rio Romeo. Love them. I love them so much. They're so good. Um, I've been listening a lot to their EP, Good God. Um, people, you've probably heard it all over TikTok. I think like the new song that like currently they have going on is, uh, nothing's new. It's like, nothing's new, nothing's new, nothing's new. It's so good. I love all their music even before. I just, I'm a sucker for them. So that's currently what's on, uh, I've been listening to on repeat. Ooh, yeah. Mine's by Will Bowles. Will, Will Bowles. Bowles. Called The Devil I Know. It is such a fun song. I've also been listening to, what is his name? 
Charlie Puth. Ah. He's been really he's been really popping off on my my YouTube recently recently as well. Okay. So we love. If you want to go listen to any of these songs, we have a playlist called Fresh Squeeze that you can find um, on on Spotify. Just type in uh, University of School of the Arts or Unisota, one of the two. They'll pop up and <laughs> click on the Fresh Squeeze one. It should have lemons and it should look super fun. <laughs> so there you go. I made it. Love it. Yeah. So go check it out. And you can listen to all these wonderful songs that we get recommended every week and figure out what lemonade we had to go with it. Um, I don't know how, but you'll figure it out. Um, if you don't know, Jill works for Norton Crew as well. Yes. Um, we just recently did an episode with them. So you should go check that out to go hear about Norton Crew. But before we talk about, you know, Norton Crew and all the other stuff, let's talk about you. Okay. How are you? I'm doing great. Okay, that's <laughs> great. Amazing. Um, um, why are you here at UNA? Uh, so <laughs> UNA, I took, uh, okay, so I've been in college for four years, but when I went with my high school to come visit UNA, I visited like every college in the state. My school would visit every college and UNA was the only one that I really connected with because it kind of had that small town feel of where I'm from. Cause I'm from a very small town. Yeah. So like Auburn, Alabama, they just overwhelmed me a lot. And same thing with like Montevallo, they were all really big schools. UNA was the first one that I was like. This school, it feels like home, but it's also college, which I love. Um, so I, I chose here. Um, I <laughs> wasn't <laughs> always a theater major. Mm-hmm. Um, I came and I transferred as a interior design and architecture major and realized that was not for me. I didn't want to build real houses. <laughs> real houses scared me. Um, but they had a really good program for that. So that's honestly the main reason I came here was because it was one of the best programs for interior architecture in the state. What school did you transfer from? Uh, Bevel State Community College. Okay. It's like a small, there's like, there's like five of them around Alabama and they're all so small and so tiny. And I went to the smallest one. Uh, so <laughs> that tells you anything. There's like five of them. And yeah. I went to the one that had the least amount of students. Like a hundred student facts. I probably, <laughs> half of them were, half of them were like all, cause the one I went to was very much uh, trade yeah. oriented. So half of them you didn't even know existed because they were That's too typically busy. typically trade schools. Yeah. And they were t- typically too busy for you to even notice that they existed sometimes. Yeah. Um, why did you choose like interior design and just design in general? I think I've always been a very like crafty person. Like I love, I love art. Art has been such a big part of my life. I'm very good with working with my hands. I'm very hands-on person. I'm not like a visual. I'm more of a if you give it to me, I'll, I can make it. Yeah, if you give it to me, give me some duct tape, give me some paint. I could probably make you an entire painting, like uh, that kind of thing. But I was always like that. And my mom also is very artistically inclined. And my dad also like is very artistically inclined. So we're very much artistic people. People. Yeah. Um, and so interior design was like the only one I took drafting. I was a drafting person for a while. And um, I changed. Can you explain what drafting is for all oh, of the regular people? Yeah. So I was a, a two-dimensional AutoCAD specialist. So I would take um, little pictures and dimensions of mechanical parts for machines and then i would put them into a software to be then put into a 3d software to then be made aka she was a girly in stem yeah i was a girly in stem uh yeah we would it would be like um i would take the plans to then be put into another software to then be made Mm -hmm. and manufactured so like all of like the mechanical parts um if you've ever heard of alabama power uh my first like potential job was there like that was the first place I was supposed to go to when I finished but I ended up not I was like this is I kind of hate this yeah I kind of hate this I'm sitting at a computer drawing parts all day long I don't like this I need to be out I need to be doing things yeah so um uh the only other thing that I had in that class was um 
Revit, which was also under our um, like sister family of, because it's AutoCAD, Revit, Inventor, all of that. Mm -hmm. And so Revit was a architectural program that you could go and design houses. And I started playing around with that and I was like, oh, I love this so much. Like this is so much fun. I think I would rather do this. And so that's kind of how I got into the interior design side. And then I realized when I got into like, really doing interior design, I was like, I <laughs> absolutely don't like do this. not like this. I thought I did. It was a step up, but it wasn't the step. Yeah. Like it was like a, like a little steps, but just not, not the top step. It yes. wasn't where I wanted to be. So, um, I, tra I transferred degrees about three months, three weeks into discovering scenic design here. Mm -hmm. So what's like your, um, you started scenic design last year. Yes. Okay. And your first scenic design was folklore, correct? Yeah. The folklore project. Correct. Okay. Folklore, if you don't know, is a device piece that was made here by students at UNA. Um, Abigail Dillard was a visiting professor at the time, and her specialty is devised theater and putting together devised works. Um, so we came together. I wasn't part of it. The students came together and made the show. So that's what that is about. Um, yeah. When, how, what's the difference between, you know, making, you know, for like defining a, a, a room to like live in in a house versus dividing, designing a set. So I think for me, a house to live in, and this is going to sound so sad, but I think the reason why I don't want to design houses to live in is because it's more, um, like you don't get your, most of your creative freedom. Mm -hmm. You also have to take in clients ideas and everything. And when it comes to scenic design, usually design starts before everything else for shows mm -hmm. so really the scenic designer works directly with the director and the technical director and you get to put your vision to life of what you think this play looks like and so you have a lot of creative freedom and a lot of like um like you get to make a lot of the decisions but when it comes to like designing somebody's house you have to do it the way they want it you have to do what color schemes they want what um designs they want like you have to make it very tailored to them and instead with scenic design you can make it tailored to how you think that that play in that world looks like, yes. which I, I think is the big difference is that I wasn't being constrained to what I was told that I had to do. You weren't constrained to the limits of like reality. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I like to design sets for fake houses, yes. not real ones. No, because um, if you guys don't know, um, importance being Ernest is coming and we have a moving wall. Three moving walls. Three moving walls. And it's so cool. Like what, what made you want to do like moving walls for that? So... When I first read the play, it's broken up into three acts, act one, act two, and act three. And act one is set in a, like, apartment-style living. Uh, it's called Algernon's Flat, um, or Algie's Flat, and it's tailored to Algernon's personality. And then in the second act, we move to a garden outside of Manor House, which is act three. Act three is Manor House, which is um, Jack's, like, million-dollar estate. Like, it's a huge – if you look at it, Manor House is a real place, and it's huge – um, and so I was thinking how, cause me and my director were talking about it and she really wanted the set to be different for each act. She didn't want really much reminiscence of the set. So we were thinking what's the best way to do that and to create multiple sets in one show. And that's when we came up with, well, if this wall is one side, a fireplace and one side, a bookshelf, when we flip it, it's a whole different set. So that was kind of the idea. Yeah. Um, and process of it was how can we make this not look the same the entire show yeah which is why we actually have intermission the show doesn't really call for an intermission because it's only like an hour and 10 minutes long yeah but we put in an intermission so we could be able to flip those walls and create like a whole different set 
Okay, question I have because I've seen it. I've been I've been nosy the entire time because you've just been gushing about it. And I've been yes. so excited. Is um like the bay window? Like, how do you hide the things like in like set designs? Because like it, I know it flips around and it like pulls out and it just looks so cool. Yeah. So um that was we had a it was a process with the bay window. Um, we were originally supposed to paint all so that there's panels. So there's the back wall, which is the actual window, mm-hmm. and then there's two shutters that oh, that close and then they open up and reveal the window um and originally that was all supposed to be painted as if it was a window and then we would put physical shutters on and then get rid of them but we had a lot of time constraints and not enough hands on the project itself yeah because uh, we had lost some of our hands throughout the process and so we ended up deciding it was actually abigail's thought abigail dillard um she had i had called her in to help me with it um to change the those thing those um walls to be like actual shutters like we built them to look like shutters so when they're closed and you're in the garden they're closed and then we go into the house the shutters open and then you're in the house yeah um so that was kind of the idea and then the window was actually printed off paper that we pieced together to look like a garden um looking out into a garden sadly this will come out after the show but if you're if you went there you saw how cool it was and it was just beautiful to look at i've been i've been so nosy the entire time and i absolutely love it um the um, question i have for you is when it comes to putting things in reality you know like how do you get it like on paper like how do you you know pull it in your head and be like i want this because i know i have a hard time describing what i want in my head you know yeah so i think what helps us is that here at una we have a process called the design process and so we have it in different phases there's five different phases and phase one is like getting to know the play reading it phase two is your million dollar idea um phase three is feasibility so taking that million dollar idea and putting it into feasibility and then phase four and five are like the ending phases well um, when we start with phase one we get introduced to a concept and so our directors always have a concept for their shows so if y'all um, are aware of the show we did last semester which was defying gravity which i was the lead scenic for abigail's um abigail's concept was impact um because it was about the 1986 challenger disaster and so the show was impact so i take a lot of their that word and i kind of visualize it in my head on what i think We'll look, so for Define Gravity specifically, um, we knew that Laura Lee, who was our um, lead actress who played uh, Krista McAuliffe, the teacher, I knew that I wanted the play to be very much a, um, not a grounded play. It was very in the sky because we were talking about space and there was a lot of crazy concepts in that. And we also had a literal impressionist painter in this show, Claude Monet. Um, which is where I took a lot of my inspiration from. Uh, so when we did it, if any of you saw the set, we had a 16-foot rotating platform on the ground, and then we had a 6-foot tall platform. And so I knew in certain scenes where I wanted to place them, and I knew for the scene where um, the space shuttle like blew up, I knew I wanted Laura Lee high off the ground to indicate that she was in the sky. Mm-hmm. So we put her on top of a 6-foot tall platform and the rocket when she blew up on stage. Um, and then for like the painting jobs and everything, um, a lot of people didn't notice this, but the ground was painted to be the beach. So the ground was, when the characters were on the ground, that means that they were real. Yeah. They were, um, not a concept. They were, they were grounded on the ground. And if you were on a platform, the platforms were painted to be the sky. Yes. Um, and they were all painted in impressionist style, just like Claude Monet. And so that was kind of the concept for impact was 
uh, the higher up you went on a platform, the higher up you were in the sky, Mm -hmm. Um, which is why it was so beautiful at the very ending scene where um, her daughter was standing on top of a stool on top of a platform and she was on top of the six foot looking at each other as Mm -hmm. if they were looking at each other in the sky. Yeah. Um, Which was beautiful. So for the show that we're doing now, the importance of being earnest um, are, I can't remember what Suzanne's exact theme was, but for me in my head, I came up with hidden in plain sight because it's um, a show about, it was a show written by Oscar Wilde who at the time was being tried for homosexuality because at the time it was illegal Um, and so for me, I wanted to make the set match because for the show, am I allowed to give anything away? Yeah, it's going to come out afterwards. Okay, great. So Algernon and Jack. If you don't know, this book is, this play is very, very old. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Uh, Algernon and Jack are the two main characters of the show. And the whole point of Algernon and Jack is they're putting on these two different personas that eventually in the end, they end up, um, getting rid of, but they play two different people. Well, it, the show is basically based off of Oscar Wilde having to hide his identity. So Jack and, um, Algernon are actually embodiments of Oscar Wilde himself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the theme like hidden in plain sight is a note to him having to hide in plain sight, like him having to be a different person in front of people because he knew that he couldn't be the way he really wanted to be. Cause he was a very flamboyant man, very much a colorful, yes. energetic. He was not the type to be like stereotypical Jack. straight tie, yeah. all the fun things. He didn't like that. He wasn't that type of person. And so, um, in the show, we actually have Algernon who is the embodiment of who he really wanted to be. And Jack, the embodiment of who he had to be. Um, and so for me, for that show, I definitely, I wanted it to give a note to him. And so we have a lot of like hidden in plain sight elements in the show. Um, we had, we had been asked by one of the actors the other day why there was a vase of carrot, carrots, carrots and turnips on the set, because it looked like a bouquet of carrots and turnips. And me and Suzanne, um, came up with this idea at the very beginning that on his trial, he was in trial when the first showing of The Importance of Being Earnest came out. Yeah. Um, he was on trial for being with a man. And the father of that man, Ashley, came to his first showing and brought him a bouquet of carrots and turnips oh. at the actual showing um, as a way to say, like, hey, this this was a disrespectful kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't bring somebody a bouquet of carrots, carrots and turnips because that's just rude. And so we had put that on set as a little note to him. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of like little hidden in plain sight uh, elements in the show. We have um, oh, an entire wall. It's the only wall that doesn't move or doesn't change throughout the show. And it's a newspaper wall that has the quote, um, my wallpaper and I are fighting a duel to the death. One of the other of us must go. And that's a quote from Oscar Wilde himself. Mm-hmm. Um, it was his last quote that he ever said before he had passed away from i think it was from disease yeah i think he was sick um and it was his last quote basically saying like one of us has to leave and this mean this wallpaper cannot keep fighting and it's not about actual wallpaper wallpaper. it's about his personalities having to fight and he was basically saying i can't keep doing this yeah and so like the whole set is basically an impact or not impact a um note to oscar wilde himself yes so no that's so cool my thing is like, do you have a dream set that you want to do? Like, do you like, do you have like a goal, like a show that you want to design for? Um, right now, actually, there's one show that I, there's two shows that I find very 
very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the shows, I'm a director, so I'm in a directing class here at UNA. Mm-hmm. And for our directing class, Abigail is our teacher, and she's let us all do a one an act, a night of one acts. Mm-hmm. So each director has a one act that they have or a play that they have chosen, and they're doing an act of. Well, one of my dream plays that I want to do is the uh, not the importance, <laughs> the miraculous journey of Edward Tuline. It's one of my favorite shows I've ever watched. Um, I loved it the second that I watched it. It is so beautiful, and it just it truly hits me. And I'm actually doing that for my one acts as mm-hmm. a director. And so I think if I could choose to design a show or direct a show, that would be the show that I would love to design and direct. But another show is Metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. I th- love the show Metamorphosis. I would love to find ways to add like the fun like water elements to it because there's a there's a couple water elements in that show mm-hmm. that you need like water on stage. It calls for water on stage. Yeah. So I would love to find a way to incorporate that into the show as well. But I, I'm not really exposed to a lot of plays because um, there's not a lot of theater around here. There's there's a lot of theater, but there's not a lot of like straight plays. It's more musicals. It's very musical driven, and it's a lot of popular musicals as well. Yeah. It's never like independent shows, which I personally find because I plays are really fun to watch, but they're incredibly hard just to read. Yeah. And people fail to realize that how hard it is just to sit and read a play because plays are not meant to be read; they're meant to be performed. Yep. I agree. And so that's what the hardest part is like to expose people to when it comes to doing shows. I think another play for like tech wise that I think would be fun is uh, the play that goes wrong. It's it would be such I, a fun play to figure out how to make that play come yes. to life because uh, basically the whole show is based off how tech is just like falling met, apart. Yeah. Fell, falling apart. Walls are falling. Uh, uh, things are the breaking on stopped. stage. The Someone's yelling to a whole show. Yeah, and they also they uh, break the fourth wall a lot. Oh, the whole time. The whole time they're breaking the fourth Watching wall. Watching behind the scenes videos of that on TikTok is one of my favorite things. Because it's so much fun. People don't realize how important tech is to yeah. theater. Um, that's the whole reason why I did a Norton Crew episode because it's so important to me that y'all get a little bit of credit for all the wonderful work that you do. Um, Thank you. Because it's just so cool watching the people come behind scenes because, like, without tech, theater would be nothing. Yeah. So a question I have is, um, like, how did you get into working for Norton Crew? So um, <laughs> I it had been talked for a while about Ethan wanting me to join the team. And at the time, I was working back home. So I was driving two hours every single weekend back home to work. Um, and then eventually I was like, I can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And so it was during Defying Gravity back in, like – February, March, and I had worked two shows at the time. We were building, we were building uh, Define Gravity at the time, and they Abigail had came up to me and said, "Hey, like you're gonna have to be at build no matter what. You're gonna have to be doing these things no matter what. Why don't you just apply for Norton Crew and get paid to do it mm-hmm. instead of just doing it? You can get paid to do this instead." And so I was like, "You know what? You do make a really good point." And so I had um, talked to Ethan about it, and then I ended up applying. Um, because I had been with, like, I would, I was working really close with Norton Crew since the Folklore Project. Yeah. So I knew that eventually, like, I could either get paid for it or I could just keep doing it for free. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get paid to do it. No, that's fair. And then I ended up really just loving the work because it's not just building sets; it's working events and uh, doing other things, other tech-wise. Because if I hadn't done Norton Crew, I probably wouldn't have branched out of scenic and done other parts of design. Because I've, I've been a temporary stage manager at UNA. I've been a master electrician for Concord Floral. Um, I've done props for Boeing Boeing and then Scenic for the other three shows that I've done. Yeah. So I've kind of branched out and done other things because I realized and learned a lot from working Norton Crew. 
Um, you were such a crafty person. Um, because like I said, she did props. She was sewing. She made T-shirts for folklore. Like, how do you get into like all the crafts that you do? Um, I just kind of, I just kind of get in burst of energy, and I'm like, oh, this would be fun. So we did, yeah. So we took the folklore project to SETC this year to. We didn't know we were competing, yeah. but we competed for the Fringe Festival, which was a devised theater festival that they had put on at SETC. And so I thought, I was just, one day I was sitting there and I was like, it'd be so much fun. And it was with me and my friends at the time. I was like, it'd be so much fun if we were all wearing matching things. And then I was like, but it wouldn't be fun if it was just us three. Yeah. So then I brought it up to Abby and I was like, hey, Abby, um, do you think it would be fun if we did like all of us t-shirts and then we all found a day to wear them together and she was like yeah that'd be fun and we have a place called the generator on campus which is for the entrepreneurs and everything on campus that has like um, vinyl and t-shirt presses and 3d printers and it's all access accessible to students mm -hmm. um, as long as you get like um, access from the guy who runs it which is Mitch mm -hmm. and so we had went one day and I was like this is so much fun and so Mitch gave me um, access to it through my main card and so I went in and I just design the t-shirts and I just I get really creative burst of energy I'm like this would be fun and then I tell myself oh you can do it and so I just do it no the follow-through you have with these bursts because like I'm creative and I do like a lot of artsy things I never finish it unless there's a deadline yeah and you finish it with or without a deadline which is just props to you babe I love I yeah I'm very much a I think I can do this and then I do it. <laughs> You'll figure it out. Uh, I fit. Yeah. I usually tend to, I'm like, if, even if I can't do it, I'll, I'll do something. Like I said, It'll... forget women in STEM. We have Jill. <laughs> Jill's going to solve all of our problems. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so true. Like, it's just, it's amazing. Cause like, you're always doing something with your hands. I never see yeah. you not doing anything. Even if it's just like pulling paint out of a cup, if it's sewing, if it's making shirts, if it's, you know, painting, even though I feel like you hate painting, you do it all the time. I like painting I just don't there was such hesitation with that like yeah I it's a lot um it's a lot of painting I think Ernest has really like shown me that painting is a lot because that said so much painting so many hours put into painting um I do enjoy painting I enjoy like small painting and detail painting yeah I don't enjoy big paintings or like having to paint a lot at one time um, but I can tell you after every set, I tell myself, oh, I'm so glad I'm done painting. After every set I do, I'm like, I'm so glad I'm, I'm never going to paint again. And then I, and then I go to the next show and then there's more painting that has to be done Yes, because they're always like back to back shows. So, um, I do, I do love painting. I just don't love it in large increments. Yes. Um, for folklore, you mentioned SETC, mm -hmm. um, where you had to make, you had to make a smaller set that was travel size, correct? Yes. What was the process of that like? I actually wasn't really, I wasn't working for Norton Crew at the time. Ah. Uh, so it wasn't, I wasn't really a part of the process that much. But from what I know, they just, what they had done is they had taken the dock that we had created um, and they had cut down the size of the dock about a couple feet and just made the dock a little bit shorter, which is kind of funny because we thought that the size that we had for the show, uh, the space was a lot smaller, but we could have fit the whole dock ah. in the space but also the truck we had to find a way to fit it into the truck as well um but that wasn't it was that's probably one of our more simple sets that we've done here because we usually have a lot like larger sets but I, from what i know ethan had just cut it down a little bit shorter okay i was just curious because like i didn't get a chance to go to it but I, it seemed like interesting you know to design a whole set and then figure out how to cut said set the exact yeah. same way but smaller and compact yeah, I think they, because what it was is there was a back, there was a 
back wood and there was a dock and mm-hmm. i think they had just cut in the dock shorter gotcha is what they had done that's so cool because at the time i was actually working as uh the i was working as like an asm mm-hmm. so i wasn't the scenic designer at the time i was more helping with um stage management yeah well, Jill, I want to thank you so much for coming and talk to us about design. You're so much fun to talk to and learn all about the different things that you've done and all the things that you could have been. Uh, yeah, I changed my degree a lot. No, that's fair. This one's sticking, I hope. I hope this one sticks. You're really good at it and you're doing such thank a good job you. here. Um, before we leave, I always have to do a fizzle down feel good. So what's one good okay. thing that's happened to you this week? Uh, well, they released the cast and crew list of the 25th annual Putnam County That Spelling was going to be mine. Well, I love that. Yeah, we're working together. Yeah, I'm going to be assistant stage manager, which is super fun. And I will be co-designer, uh, co-scenic designer with Ethan. Yeah. So I'm I'm quite excited for that. I'm really, really excited. I can't wait to see y'all collaborate together for this. I am excited. <laughs> how excited he got because uh, Ethan designed uh concord floral for the first time that was his first time scenic designing and he was like a proud mom every three seconds taking pictures actually he's scenic designed a lot me and him usually me and him i talked to him about it he was like i don't scenic design that's a lot it's on can it's literally on recording (gasps) no he's scenic designed for uh boeing boeing yeah and he wouldn't talk to me like this is my first time scenic designing and i was like oh okay I guess I guess it's his first time like being really creative because he was really excited for concord floral yeah because we don't have really any other scenic designers here it's really just me and ethan yeah uh that so usually it's like ethan one show me one show ethan one show me one one show show. yeah and then this one was the first one where we're like collaborating together which every show we every show that i work we collaborate but it's gonna be different but it's gonna be different because we're gonna both be putting like our creativeness and our like fun energy into it so i'm very excited for it i'm I'm excited to see how it comes out me too I've never done a musical before, so I'm really, really excited about that. So this is going to be fun. I can't wait. Um, Until then, I will see you guys in the next episode, and I will see you later, Jill. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Bye! Bye.